Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Strange Pathways. I'm your host, Scott Mort. I hope you're having a great week. I had a fantastic l- night last night. I I sat down in front of my computer. I kind of goofed around a little bit, but in in another window, I have two screens on my computer. Life changer. But in another window, I had a live stream of Bill Nadon's Night Terrors. Bill Madon is just, he's absolutely incredible. I love Bill Madon. He's just such a friendly cat. He's, he's absolutely amazing. His show last night was on Atmospheric Beasts. Just some mind-blowing evidence that he showed. I'm going to link to it down below in the show notes. I'll put a link up in the in the description on on the YouTube channel and I'm going to link it over on my Facebook and my Twitter. He's he's absolutely incredible. He's he's the guy in my opinion. Bill Madon is the guy that should have taken over for Art Bell instead of George Norrie. He's absolutely fantastic. Fun to fun to watch. Just absolutely great great man. So please do me a favor, go check out his his YouTube channel, Night Terrors, and enjoy last night's live stream. Absolutely incredible evidence. Our first tale is going to take us back to August 22nd, 1956. Somewhere along Route 115, Somewhere between La Boulou and Surette, France. This is going to happen about 11.50 in the morning. The witness, a Madame Porta, was riding her moped. She's just enjoying the day. It's a beautiful, nice, sunny day. Madame Porta is passed by an enormous and completely silent nickel-plated motorbike. On this motorbike are two passengers. They're dressed in some sort of blouse. It's like fawn-collared, shiny satin material, almost like a watered silk. They're wearing gloves and helmets that are closely, closely sealed to their heads. Their trousers are black, maybe dark blue, And the boots they're wearing are tight, stiff, half-length boots. They go all the way up to the middle of the calf. Soon, Madame Porta is overtaken by another motorbike. Absolutely identical to the first. They go on ahead, about 500 meters in front of Madame Porta. And that's whenever these two machines stop right in the middle of the road. They're just slightly behind a bend. And they're blocking Madame Porta's way. Madame Porta honks the horn on her moped. Now, please let me pass. But they won't. She has to pass these two mysterious motorbikes 
on an extreme left. It's it's a tight squeeze. These strange motorbikes are enormous. Now, these two pairs of riders were turned towards each other. There's there, there's a sense that they're kind of talking to each other. But when, whenever Madame Porta becomes even with them, all four of the riders turn and stare at her. Now, remember, they're wearing helmets. So their faces are hidden, but they're also, they're also hidden by these big smoke glasses. The helmets don't have a chin strap. Their cheeks, their chins, not visible. Something feels extremely unusual about this to Madame Porta. She's, she's shaken. She gets about 30 feet down the road. She decides to look back. And they had vanished. Without a sound. Madame Porta's shaken. Around 7.30 that night, she's returning. And there's a very bright point of light. It's got a metallic gleam. It's about the size of a distributor cap. It seemed to be on the slopes of the mountain, Lepertus. It remains there for four or five seconds. Other motorists are stopping to look at it too. But then it disappears. Madame Porta gets home. And there her son tells her that these green lip balls had been seen traveling through the sky at Labula at about 530 PM. Now, is this is this some sort of phenomena disguising itself as something else? Maybe somewhere in the back of Madame Porta's mind. She looked at this craft and went, kind of looks like a motorcycle. So that is what was psychically impressed upon her. We're a motorcycle. And somewhere in the, in the middle, those two meet. They showed her exactly what she expected to see. But what it actually was, was something else. That's, that's the feeling I get. That is the feeling I get. I think that whenever, not 100% of the time, but a lot of the time, whenever we see this phenomena that we've dubbed the UFO phenomena, a lot of times what we are seeing is only what they want us to see. Be it some sort of technical camouflage, be it some sort of psychic ability, because you have you do have cases where you have photographs but then you have other cases where the witnesses will say we were shooting pictures we didn't see it in the sky and yet there's this this massive 
massive craft in the sky in the photo. Almost impossible to be missed. It's those cases. If it was technical camouflage, it shouldn't show up to a camera. But, if it's some sort of mental, some sort of psychic camouflage, there's, there's no brain in a camera to try to convince. There's no, there's no psyche to manipulate. If you want to see a sketch of what Madame Porta saw, I'll be sure to have that up on my Facebook page and over on my Twitter. Extremely interesting. Extremely strange. One of those cases that, that's so weird. I don't think it could be made up. This tale is very recent. Less than two weeks ago. The fourth week of November... 2022. Now, I love California. I've been there a few times. I absolutely love California. I wish I could live there. It's just, it's prohibitively expensive to live in California, sadly. I, I think my love affair with Pennsylvania is done, and I'm just biding my time to find someplace warmer, to be honest. But, one of the places in California that is absolutely gorgeous, the San Timoteo Canyon. Now, this is, this is just a beautiful, beautiful canyon. I will, uh, I'll have photos up on the Facebook page of just how gorgeous it is, really. This canyon, it runs from its southern inflow mouth in Beaumont in Riverside County all the way to west of the Redlands, east of Loma Linda in San Bernardino County. It's, it's gorgeous. There's a creek that runs through it, the San Timoteo Creek. It's, it's a tributary of the Santa Ana River. And there is a lot, a lot of history here. It's, it was the winter homeland of the Serrano people for thousands of years. There are hot springs in the area. It's, it's gorgeous. It is absolutely gorgeous. And you can go visit that. You can go visit that. And that's exactly what this witness, SS, did. SS is doing probably what I would have done. They were enjoying the Timoteo Canyon. And off in the distance, they could hear a coyote or a dog screaming in, in pain. And it got graphic. They could hear bones crunching. And it's at this point that the hair starts to stand up on the back of SS's neck. They need, they need to get out of there. SS and his friend that's along with him, they run to their car. They get inside. They lock the door. 
but his friend uses a phone. Snapping photos so that the flash kicks off. And in one of those photos, one of those photos his friend took in an effort to see what was out there, he sees something. The friend gets out of the car and tries to shoot this thing that he's seen. But this thing hisses at him. This is where it gets a little foggy. They, they can't agree if it jumped away or it flew away. Now, SS admits the canyon that they're in, it's always given him a very, very eerie feeling. They went back, talked to a few locals. No one really wanted to talk about it. But a few of them did say, just keep the doors and windows locked. Up on the Facebook page, you're going to see the photo that SS's friend took. It... It looks like, I will say this, it looks like a very wiry, somewhat muscular man. It actually puts me in the mind of the, the actor Doug Jones. It, it, it looks like his physique. Its feet are grasping the trunk of the trees. Its hands are wrapped around. And you can see the eye shine. The eye shine. It's staring directly, directly at the camera. Now, I don't know if this is pareidolia or a trick of the light, but this creature appears to have some sort of... See, that's, that's it. Is, it. is it wearing something around its head? Is it giving off a glow? Is it, is it part of the tree behind it? Because I could see where it would be the trunk of the tree going up behind it. But it really, really does not look like it. If it is the trunk of the tree, it, it would terminate directly above its head. This is... This is an eerie, eerie photo. This was on the wonderful phantomsandmonsters.com. And Lon Strickler himself says he can only recall one other incident. Uh, a pale crawler humanoid seen roaming through the underbrush. It's... It's frightening to think of what could be out there lurking in the forest. Just waiting for us.
A few weeks ago, I was listening to an episode of Dead Rabbit Radio, which is an absolutely breathtaking juggernaut of the strange. If you have not listened to Dead Rabbit Radio, I strongly, strongly suggest it. It's it's incredible, and Jason Carpenter does an incredible job producing this show day after day after day. I honestly don't know how he does it. It's, it's a one-man operation. I don't know how he does it. So, Jason, hats off to you. You're probably never going to hear this. Hats off to you. Amazing work. The episode in question is episode 979 of Dead Rabbit Radio. And I strongly urge each and every one of you to go over and listen to that. He's, he's going to do a much better job than I at, at telling this tale. It's, it's, he's fun to listen to. He is absolutely fun to listen to. But, on to the tale. This is going to take us to March of 1980. Actually, this is going to bounce us all over the place. There's this New Mexico patriot, John J. Williams. He, he published this magazine called Rebel Magazine. It was, it was kind of an anti-communist periodical. This tale would be reproduced in the fall 1985 issue of Search Magazine. Uh, Marjorie Palmer, the widow of Ray Palmer of Fate Magazine fame, it was she was the editor at the time. The, the article was called "California Floats on Ocean?" Question mark. And it said the following. Some time ago, I heard a man on TV interview show briefly mention that parts of California and neighboring states are floating on the Pacific Ocean. He was a high-ranking naval officer on a top-secret nuclear submarine that has been and is exploring and mapping these enormous caverns and passageways underneath the West for 10 years. Now, a friend recently tracked the man down and he is now living quietly in retirement and asked that no details pointing to him be revealed as he does not want publicly to be known. He doesn't want any government attention either. Now, Williams goes on to say that not all of the areas are actually resting or floating, but there are many subterranean cavities below the western United States, and they are not limited to California. Keep that in the back of your mind as we go through this. They're not really resting or floating, but there are subterranean cavities. So, here are the statements from this unknown individual's observations. We have, uh, we have nine statements. Number one, 
the passageways into these underground honeycombs, they're labyrinthine with widths from a few feet to thousands of feet. But they average roughly about a 100 feet. Two, much like dry caverns do, the heights and depths vary a great deal. And in some cases, two or more caverns or passageways pass over or under each other at different depths. Three, most of the entrances lie just off the continental shelf. That's another thing. File that. Keep that in the back of your mind. Four, most of the entrances are too small for submarine investigation. And many that are large enough lie in waters that are too deep. Five, another thing, file this in the back of your head. Some of the caverns in Southern California are topped with oil, while some others are filled with gases believed to be approximate to our atmosphere. Number six, the San Joaquin Valley is essentially a portion of the original cavernous area that collapsed eons ago due to its weight. Seven, what is being passed off as the San Andreas Fault are large, unsupported chambers that are in the process of collapsing. When the big one, and they mean big earthquake, finally hits, many scientists in the know believe that most of California will break off like a cold Hershey bar, I love that, and slide into the ocean. Eight. This is something that our unknown man is deleting this. He, he doesn't want this note. And it just says, we are deleting this section due to the possibility of undue stress and fear, which may result from its disclosure. Also, because of recent international events, which may have resulted in a solution to this problem, we will merely state that it involves a scenario similar to that which is portrayed in a James Bond movie and which concerned underground caverns, Silicon Valley, nuclear weapons, and the San Andreas Fault. I don't think it's going to... I don't think it's going to take a lot of imagination. To, oh, some of these caves that are abandoned, we've been storing nuclear weapons there. I think that's where that's going. And here's the one that Jason Carpenter of Dead Rabbit Radio kind of latched on to. Nine, a well-known U.S. nuclear submarine lost its way in these passages and disappeared forever. It was reported to have been lost in open sea elsewhere to keep the American people in total ignorance and to justify an enormous payoff to an eccentric U.S. billionaire who died in recent years. Is he talking about Howard Hughes? Maybe. For providing the fictitious recovery event. And Jason Carpenter is right. It, it was unusual. It was unusual that in 1968, in 1968, there were four mysterious submarine disappearances. You want to talk James Bond level oddness? Look this up. There are four strange submarine disappearances. 
the INS Dakar, the French submarine Minerva, the Soviet submarine K-129, and the U.S. submarine, the USS Scorpion. So is that, is that the famous submarine that this individual is speaking of, the USS Scorpion? It says that the wreckage of the ship remains in the North Atlantic Ocean with all its armaments and a nuclear engine. It's, is this the ship that this individual is talking about? Yes, we have the wreckage, but wreckage can be faked. Is what they're seeing at the bottom of the North Atlantic Ocean, is it just fake wreckage? Just there. Once again, Jason Carpenter of Dead Rabbit Radio does a much better job at this. And if this interests you, the the mysterious submarine disappearances, please go over to his show. I'm not going to get into it here because, quite honestly, he has a fantastic podcast. I'd love to drive, drive traffic over to it. It's, it's one of the nice things about podcasting. We're really not in competition with each other. There are plenty of ears for everybody. We're not in competition. What I want is the truth. Here's, here's the angle I want to take. Just about six miles off the coast of Point Doom in Malibu, California is this strange oval-shaped object. You can see it on satellite photos. Now, this, this object has a huge flat top, but then whenever you get down to the front of it, there are pillars. There are pillars, and there's an entrance. You can look it up yourself. You can absolutely look this up yourself. If you go to Google Earth and you just type in Malibu, California, it's, it's sitting there off the coast staring you right in the face. Literally impossible to miss. It's... If you would imagine just taking a boat from Deer Creek Beach... And sailing it straight out to the ocean. You're going to run right into it. And it is exactly what it purports to be. It's the entrance to something underneath California. Now, quite honestly, you know, you you read this story and you hear, oh, a, a submarine? A submarine? Take a submarine into, the, into this and explore it? It's ridiculous. This is, this is someone weaving a tail. It's a LARPer. It's somebody just playing a game, right? For, for a little bit of attention. Or, or maybe it's fake to make the news article. But here we have it, right here on Google Earth. Could you get a submarine through this? You could get several submarines through this. You could get several. You could get a fleet of subs into these entrances. It's right there. It's 
now now this I had first heard about this on on Fade to Black with Jimmy Church. It was touted as the holy grail of UFO or USO uh, unidentified submerged objects that everybody has been looking for. But and I'm not saying this doesn't have anything to do with UFOs or USOs. But if you need some sort of proof that what we're talking about, the submarine going into this entrance, if, if you want any proof that it could be real, here it is. Here it absolutely is. Is this an entrance to an underground alien base? Maybe. I mean, that would be the best place to hide something, wouldn't it? Under the water. Underwater and underground. But, it really, really is some good evidence that this story of losing a sub in these mysterious underground labyrinths is true. But what's under there? What is, what's in there? Is it, is it a lost civilization? Uh, An entrance to the hollow earth? Is it, underground USO bases, a breakaway civilization? Or are these just naturally occurring caverns? What lies below our feet? Now, I'm not too much for the hollow earth theory. I don't think like the grand maps of Agartha are real. But let me... I I am open. I am open to the possibility that there is some sort of intelligent life living within the Earth. There are... There are so many stories, especially, especially from, like, the Nepalese region, the Himalayas... John Keel talked about the Nepalese having having the story that the king of the world lives underground and that the entrance to his realm, Shangri-La, what have you, is, is somewhere in the Himalayan mountain range and that all these UFOs and these men in black and these alien greys, they're not aliens, they're not they're not interdimensional creatures. They're the king of the world's servants. I mean, if if you're looking at the Occam's razor postulation of this, is it more likely that creatures are coming from another world or, or that it's some sort of crypto-terrestrial civilization with us? Maybe. Or maybe one's just as plausible as the other. Now, I don't know. 
I don't know if these are aliens coming to us. I don't know if these are just ghosts or what people called the Fae or if it's a breakaway civilization or if it's inner earth inhabitants or military experiments. But there is one thing that I am certain of and that is something is happening. It could be one of those things. It could be all of those things. It could be something that is completely outside of the scope of human thought. But make no mistake about it, something is happening because we see it. Hundreds of times a day all over the world, we see this phenomenon. And we are sick of governments and scientists telling us they're not seeing it. It's not really happening. And quite frankly, I'll believe my own eyes over the words of a scientist on TV. Thank you for joining us once again here on Strange Pathways. Please check out those two podcasts that I told you about. Bill Madon's Night Terrors and Jason Carpenter's Dead Rabbit Radio. You will thank me. Uh, head over to our Twitter, Pathways Strange. Or head over to our TikTok and our Instagram, Strange Pathways Podcast. We're going to have images over on our Facebook and our Twitter be sure to check out that Facebook page. If you'd like to interact, if you'd like to email me, strangepathwaysmail at gmail.com. Be sure to, to leave us a good review on, on Apple Podcasts. Come over to YouTube, like, comment, subscribe to our YouTube channel. It, it all helps. Tell your friends, tell your family. Thank you so much for joining us again this week. Take care of yourselves and each other.